You're listening to a Mango Languages podcast. Guten Tag, Manoa Ben, and welcome back, language teachers, to Adventures in Language. I'm your guide, Emily. And in this episode, we're talking about the desirable difficulty principle. For those of you who might not know me yet, I'm Emily. I'm a linguist at Mango with my PhD in bilingual language processing. And as a teacher and a student of several languages, I'm really excited to talk about what the desirable difficulty principle is, why it matters, and four fun ways that you can incorporate it into your language classroom. Well, maoki wa satyoki, let's get to it. Let's start with a story. Imagine one of your students is doing their oral presentation in the target language. They're stuck trying to search for a specific word in the target language, and there is a palpable look of cognitive strain on their face. Now, let me ask you this. What response does this scenario evoke in you as the teacher watching the student struggle? Is it feelings of secondhand embarrassment, of empathy, of failure? Well, if you know about the desirable difficulty principle, you may have also said productive or proud because you're likely witnessing learning in action. So what is the desirable difficulty principle? Well, it's basically psychology's jargony way to say no pain, no gain. It's the idea that certain types of intellectual discomfort can actually be productive for the learning process. The takeaway there for teachers? Help your students embrace, not avoid, the struggles of learning. You see, psychology research dating back to the mid-90s has been consistently demonstrating that forcing our brains to work harder will result in better learning outcomes, specifically in terms of memory storage and memory retrieval. Put another way, activities that require extra cognitive effort, or extra difficulty, if you will, can facilitate learning, and thus they're deemed desirable. For those of you in the know, you may be wondering, is this similar to Krashen's comprehensible input hypothesis, his I plus one hypothesis? If so, you're right, it is similar. Krashen's I plus one hypothesis is one of many ways to incorporate desirable difficulties into your students' language learning process. But we don't have time for Krashen in this episode. So if you want us to do an episode on his work with input scaffolding, let us know. While we can't dive into crashing today, we absolutely must do a shout out to Dr. Elizabeth and Dr. Robert Bjork, two cognitive psychology researchers based out of UCLA, who pioneered the academic research on desirable difficulties. The scholarly work from this famous power couple has paved the way for the development of more effective teaching methodologies, which have in turn served to enhance language education. If you'd like to explore more about their breakthrough research into the desirable difficulty principle or how it relates specifically to second language acquisition, check out the papers that we've linked for you in the description. For now, we're going to dive right into what you can do about it. Now, there are infinite ways to incorporate desirable difficulties into your language classroom, and I invite you to have fun trying out some new ones with your students. To get you started, I'm going to share with you four of my favorite go-to strategies for this. They are, number one, sprinkling in error-based learning activities. Two, practicing old content in new contexts. Three, avoiding the tendency to oversimplify your speech. And four, encouraging your students to use the Mango app outside of class. Now, let's break those down one at a time. Number one, sprinkle in error-based learning activities. So 
error-based learning activities are activities that are designed to help students discover common mistakes in the target language. So one fun way to do this is to start every class off with a catch the error warm-up prompt. So here's what you're going to do. You find a paragraph in the target language and you plant a common error or a common mistake in it. For example, since English learners of Spanish often incorrectly assume that the word embarazada means embarrassed, it actually means pregnant, I may plant the incorrect word in a catch the error prompt. This task can be quite challenging for students, but that's kind of the point. It requires them to build their metacognitive skills by engaging in error monitoring in the target language. And for fun, don't limit yourself to written prompts. Have fun with auditory ones as well to help your students practice their listening skills. You can do this by recording yourself or reading aloud to the class. Now, an important note, don't include just any random errors, right? Strategically identify errors that you have seen cropping up in their work lately or mistakes that are common for learners of their source language or tricky L2 rule exceptions that you want them to know about. That could be an irregular verb conjugation that they haven't been formally exposed to yet. I personally like to tell my students at the beginning of the semester that we're going to be using these error-based learning strategies. Why? Because some students may think that you're doing this just to trick them, that you're presenting them with these errors just to see if they can catch it. But on the contrary, you're doing it because it works and it's effective for their learning. Okay, strategy number two. Practice old content in new contexts. Oftentimes, language learning curricula will associate a grammatical concept with a consistent context. So what do I mean by that? Well, oftentimes, verbal commands get taught in the context of household chores. Telling time is often taught in the context of daily routines. But spicing up that learning content into new contexts actually helps boost memory recall in the brain. And why? because it's a desirable difficulty. So have your students practice verbal commands in the context of a social media post or do an in-class activity where they practice telling time by, say, retelling the plot of a movie. Simply put, you can provide your students with opportunities for desirable difficulty by encouraging them to form new associations and connections in memory with the learning material. Strategy number three, Avoid the tendency to oversimplify your speech. Now, many teachers, myself included, have the tendency to oversimplify their speech in the target language to match their students' proficiency level. Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It stems from a good pedagogical intuition to meet our learners where they are, and it can be a successful input strategy, but not in excess. If you oversimplify your speech, you might be putting your students at a disadvantage by stunting or stalling their progress in the target language. So in order to not miss out on some great opportunities to present desirable difficulty in new vocabulary and innovative grammatical structures, try to aim your speech for just above the level your students are currently at, which is what Krashen's I plus one hypothesis is all about. But like I said earlier, more on that in another episode. And before we get to the fourth strategy, if you're new here and you'd like to make sure you're up to date on all of our awesome language teaching content, come join the Mango Fam by subscribing to or reviewing the podcast. We appreciate you. Okay, onward and upward to our last strategy. Strategy number four, 
Get your students access to the Mango Languages app. The lesson sequences within the Mango app were actually built with desirable difficulties in mind. For example, if you were to take the Mandarin Chinese course within the app, you'd start off by learning the word for good, which is how, and the word for morning, which is sao xiang. And then we ask you to guess how you'd construct the phrase good morning. Now, most English speakers would order the words as they are in English. So they're likely to say how sao xiang, literally good morning. But the Mandarin word order is flipped. So the correct way to say this would be morning good or sao xiang hao. The app predicts this response and follows up with a reassuring note to help the students solidify this concept in their memory. So long story short, the Mango app has been designed in such a way that you'll easily and seamlessly learn these idiosyncratic patterns, irregularities, and fun little gems in a way that's optimally efficient. For more information about how the Mango app is structured in line with other principles from SLA Research, check out the link in the description, which highlights the app's primary features. And bonus, clicking that link will also get you a free, fun goal-setting worksheet that you can use with your students, which they're going to love. Well, you've made it to the end of the episode, and you know what that means. It's time for a recap. So what two main takeaways should you be leaving with? Well, first, we learned that while it may sound counterintuitive, desirable difficulties promote positive learning outcomes. Second, we identified four actionable teaching strategies that you can use to incorporate those desirable difficulties into your language classroom. And before I review that list for us, let's put the desirable difficulty principle to the test. Pause the podcast and see how many of the four strategies you can recall on your own. Give yourself 20 seconds. Okay, how many did you get? Now, let's go over them together. They were one, sprinkling in error-based learning tasks. Two, practicing old content in new contexts. Three, avoiding the tendency to oversimplify your speech. And four, encouraging your students to use the Mango app outside of class. Now that you've finished the episode, I hope you remember that struggling and stumbling aren't always signs of failure for our students. They can be the desirable difficulty principle at work, helping the target language really stick for your students. If you're looking for more ways to leverage desirable difficulty in your language classrooms, then check out our episode called The Fluency Illusion, where we share with you five ways to implement active learning strategies that optimize desirable difficulty for language learners. We've linked it for you in the description. That's it for this episode of Adventures in Language. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please let us know by subscribing to the podcast. Guiwa manam, alfidasin, and I look forward to hanging out with you here next time. Bye.